0: Hello, welcome to the Ascendant Art Podcast Uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances under new management. uh, You may notice that Mike with Catalytic Comics is not on the roster screen today. That's because he's taking a little break. Hopefully, eventually, maybe he'll find his way back. Um, But in the meantime, you're going to still have us. Uh, This is Vinny with the creator of Lil Chad and Joey over there, Slender Dad. And we're going to be uh, having a good time tonight. And, be t- and we're going to be talking about one of our favorite topics. Which if you've been listening to our podcast before, you know this. It's anime. And tonight it's going to be Spy... Is it Spy X Family or just Spy Family? I
1: mean, there's an X in it. So I've, I've always read it as Spy X Family.
0: Yeah, I've always... Because, you know, what is it? Hunter X Hunter or Hunter by Hunter it's a very anime convention to to try to figure out which which thing it's going to be i mean i don't even know what the x is for <laughs>
1: i think they just put it in there cuz it it broke it up a little
0: yeah that's i think it's it's got to be some kind of naming convention that's just common for japan i live there and i have no idea why it is or isn't but, uh, oh, we've got you know, Rob in the house. What's good, guys? What's really good? I'm going to go with my response, which is Spy Family is really good. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about. Season 1 wrapped up a few months ago. And because of uh, the virus of unspecified origin, what I think would have been one longer season is now split up into two. I think, I think they're still calling it Core 1 and Core 2 which is the way anime usually creates. They are. I looked it up earlier. So if you watch anime, a long season. normal normal anime seasons are about 12, 13 episodes. A long season will be 24, 23 to 24 episodes, sometimes even as much as 26. And when they do seasons that are that long, they call them cores where there's still there're effectively two anime seasons where they do a story arc that's around. 12 episodes and then a second story arc around 12 episodes and maybe a filler episode
1: it's it's why a lot of animes you watch around episode 13 the opening credits change
0: (laughs) that's right because they're switching it to uh switching it to the new storyline and rob's in there yeah i just say spy family i think i'm going to go with that for the sake of simplicity because we're going to be saying it a lot on this podcast episode that it's just going to be Spy Family. So <laughs> so Spy Family wrapped up its first I mean, quarter. the first
1: hour is just going to be Spy Family. We might go into free play, and then I might want to talk about Overlord or, you know, 17 other animes that I'm watching.
0: Yeah, anime is good. It's fun. And uh, Joey would be ahead with a lot more anime content like Overlord if he wasn't waiting for dubs. But Spy Family does have a full English dub so you've got that going for you and i'm, I'm I, not
1: going we're not gonna revisit this i'm a slow reader
0: you're a slow <laughs> reader i know it. slow reader so spy family great show it's um i think technically it would fall under the slice of life category even though it's kind of got a plot that's not really just slice of life but that's what makes it so great it really is basically a slice of life anime with a whole spy thriller action subtext going on.
1: Well, and, and to a certain degree, it, it almost has like a feel of a throwback to your sitcoms. Because there is definitely a main story arc going on, but you could kind of just jump in anywhere and watch a, a self-contained episode.
0: Exactly, it's it. They're fun now. They've got. You're right. They've there isn't an, an overarching story that you may feel a little confused if you're missing, but I think you can still just go in and enjoy the story as it's going on. Um, so the the plot of the the story revolves around uh, the main character is Lloyd Forger, and that's his alias. He's actually a spy that hence this title spy family he's a spy and this is i think the setting would be able to properly be described as uh, probably an analog for east and west germany during the cold war would be i think you agree there's that's... definitely
1: there's an there's an analog there yes
0: yeah so it's definitely trying to pick up on the the cold war is is the uh, and anime does this where they're They're going to be in some, and they make up fake countries and non, you know, not official locations. But it's Cold War, probably. It looks nineteen sixties, is the I think the time period it seems to fall into. From the technology being used, the car styles, the fashion, and so which is nice. It's it a lot. If you saw the um, the Man from Uncle movie that came out a few years ago with henry cavill it's definitely which was a really
1: good movie by the way
0: it was it was super underrated and uh but it's kind of got that same aesthetic and vibe to it but done japanese uh anime style so lloyd forger aka twilight is a uh, i would categorize him as a western intelligence agent if you're gonna do the cold war he's from the western side and he's been tasked with infiltrating effectively the communist soviet bloc side the eastern side to prevent a war because there's a the premier the prime minister whatever they're giving the title to this is where they're mixing things up a little bit because they definitely draw the guy to look a little stalin-esque but also a little um uh (laughs) hitler-esque so uh they're mixing it a little bit but to infiltrate and get close to this person so he can prevent him from taking what is effectively the Soviet bloc to war with the Western powers. And the way he has to infiltrate and get close to this, you know, leader is by getting a child, faking having a family so he can put the, a child into the school that, so that his child can go to school with the prime minister's child and use that as a way to get close to the person. It's
1: I mean the, the the main guy he he almost looks like a young version of Karl Marx
0: yeah who I, I ironically
1: was a German philosopher
0: yeah I could see that there's a there's definitely a lot of mix in the character design for the for him but Lloyd you know so Lloyd goes and he um, and is part of this mission because he's the best agent that the Western powers have he has to recruit a family, a spy family if you will and the family he's recruiting doesn't know that that's why they're being his family uh, anya who's the little girl is the first one who joins his family he adopts her She's i mean an orphan.
1: technically she knows
0: and that's forget yeah because what he doesn't know is that anya is a telepath who can read minds and what's adorable about anya is she reads minds and so she knows what's going on but she makes a mess of it when she tries to help people constantly because she's very ineffective at actually executing things (laughs) i mean she's only supposed to be like six or seven so it makes sense but it's it's fun she's a super wholesome character probably the most wholesome character that's been in anime in god knows how long because uh anime has this problem where they do have a trope that they you know where they sometimes try to make young girls fan servicey so they don't do that at all with this one this is a nice family friendly slice of life show so he recruit he adopts anya into his family and then he realizes that he needs a wife to complete the family unit and so he finds yore uh, who is the in the picture here on the screen the the spouse figure what he doesn't know about Yor is that she's actually the best assassin in the country. <laughs> so, uh, so she's constantly like moonlighting, killing people for money. And uh, Anya knows this because she's a telepath again. So she just thinks that they're, they're most interesting, fun, cool parents ever because she's obsessed with um, spy shows on television. So... I believe this name of the show is Bond Man, on Spy Family, which is clearly a reference to James Bond. And so she thinks of her new dad as Bond Man, a spy, and her mom, her new mom, is basically is is a an assassin. And so she thinks that's awesome. What's great about Yor, who is the mother assassin character, is that she's just trying to be a good regular person to blend in but she can't help but try to solve problems the way she knows how as an assassin which leads to comedy it's just hilarious
1: yeah and she has a bit of a drinking problem well it's not as much
0: as a problem as much as if she drinks she gets drunk and just like My favorite part is that she doesn't realize like she there's an episode where she's supposed to be pretending to be a bad guy to fight the dad who's pretending to be bond man for anya's entertainment but because she's had so many drinks she doesn't know how to pull punches and she's just really trying to kill him
1: (laughs) yeah she doesn't know how to hold back and i think the only thing that happened there was uh he was saved by a broken heel
0: exactly because it caused her to fall over which was fun
1: and then she fell asleep (laughs)
0: because she passed out it was um it was it was really just i can't just thinking about watching the show because i watched it with my wife she doesn't always watch anime but she really enjoyed this one it just was fun and entertaining it had comedy And it was good comedy, it was physical humor that translates whether there's language or not. But it was also just the character design is excellent because Anya's drawn adorably, acts adorable, has good mannerisms that are very cute and, you know, like the best child actors have when you're watching, you know, movies or T V shows with them. And the and the parents, Yor and Lloyd, are also designed very well. I think uh what would be a good because you can see Lloyd on the screen he's got the look of a Hollywood like secret agent type Yor is a very attractive character design but also dresses down into a good design for a mom it's it's a really good combination on both sides
1: yeah I'd agree with that and I mean each of the characters is um very unique they uh they don't they don't have any overlap there they have they each have their strengths and their weaknesses and each of them those strengths complement the weaknesses of the other characters um no one character is the uh the be-all end-all that's solving all the problems and winning all the all the day but and and like even as far as like Anya goes like she is the linchpin of the whole plan. Cuz <clears throat> the whole idea is in order to get close to the bad guy, uh they have to get into this super elite school. And uh, Anya has to what what does she have to become like a a, a, a a super scholar or some crap.
0: So they have um yeah, basically an elite like scholar. And to do that you have to get 7 basically special awards seven stars um from you know people at the school what do they call them like i forget there's a name they have a specific name for them but she's got to get seven of them but there's you can also stars in the bolts yeah yeah you can also get a bolt which is like a demerit and if you get a demerit you know if you get uh like seven of those you get kicked out of the school <laughs> so um So and she is and most of these are going to come through academic excellence, you know, they're like anything, any other school, you can get them for academic excellence, you can get them for sporting excellence. And the thing is, she's terrible at all of those things. Like she's a telepath, (laughs) they do. Yeah, they do a part where she's a telepath. And so she's trying to ace the test by you know reading minds to get at the answers but she reads the minds of like the worst kid in class like academically so she gets even worse answers than them <laughs> it's and then she tries to do one through physical sports which is dodgeball and she's getting coached by Yor, who's her um, you know her, her adoptive mother who's teaching her like she's on you know like going out there to kill people and so she's got what she calls her super special move and it's a hilarious scene because it just fails so miserably and she gets destroyed and even in dodgeball
1: yeah meanwhile yor is knocking down trees with the dodgeball in the training montage
0: yeah it was a very um shonen jump kind of montage where it's the training to level you up to get your super skill to be able to use in battle and they do it over one episode if you're looking at the episode guide that you see on screen it's uh episode i think ch-ch-ch-ch. it was uh, pretty late
1: oh they're called Stella stars there it is yep,
0: <laughs> yeah uh, it was episode i think yep no episode 10 yep, here the 10. great dodgeball So, and and what's hilarious is she ends up having, like, on the opposing team, one of the other kids is, like, some genetic freak who's, like, seven feet tall, and he's only, like, a seven-year-old.
1: Yeah, the general's son.
0: (laughs) And he's built, like, a tank. It's
1: crazy. What do they call him? A super early bloomer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so this kid's playing dodgeball with the other kids, and he's just wrecking them. He's just throwing the dodgeball and just crushing them left and right. And there's nothing they can do about it. And this is who Anya is supposed to be, you know, f- dealing with.
1: There is a really funny part to that though when he starts he starts trying to target Anya and she's reading his mind.
0: So yeah, she's she's dodging and it's just so funny. I it's I mean good. I can't We kind of gush about it because it's, you know, anime, especially um, original anime, is always kind of a a crapshoot. And my favorite genre, which we talked about before, is is isekai. But something like this actually is just fun. You know, a lot of the isekai shows I wouldn't really think my wife would enjoy or we'd be able to watch together because they mix in so many fan service elements that it just sometimes turn you know turns her off from watching and she doesn't want to watch those things.
1: Well, oh, and don't get me wrong, I like a lot of isekai too, but <clears throat> of all the genres in anime, isekai may be the most formulaic.
0: That is definitely true, especially uh Sometimes I feel like they even use cut and paste to put the same village design right into the isekai worlds.
1: Yeah, I mean you're going to have the overpowered protagonist in almost in, in a lot of isekais, there's the overpowered protagonist, there's the strange new world, and there's the harem of chicks that somehow all gather to him.
0: Yeah, you've nailed you've nailed a lot of the the tropes right there.
1: Like like yeah, yeah, half of them. I mean and doing me wrong, I'm a slice of life guy. And those can get pretty formulaic too. They almost always take place in a school.
0: Yeah, which this one does too. It, it has a school and a whole academic life vibe to it. So you can't... You, what I like about this one is it's mixing so many genres in the slice of life part. and But it also has these spy and action elements that work their way in decently consistently to bring entertaining um, I guess breaks if you will from the slice of life part you know uh, Lloyd Twilight as he's known goes on missions you know they they give him even though he's got this crazy difficult massively important mission the agency he works for will still give him side missions because that's what they're you know supposed to do you know they're supposed to give him side missions even though he's supposed to be on the main mission to prevent world war three but you know you can still you know try to go find the stolen artwork or go repossess some of these other things and so it makes all the side jobs
1: that they give him with frankie
0: yeah who's who is a nice traditional anime character design for the friend
1: i do like frankie though frankie is a cool character
0: yeah he, he's and he's a facilitator he doesn't mind spending the money he doesn't mind taking a piece of the stolen artwork for himself <laughs> uh which on which lloyd actually signs off on you know as part of the like you know agreement for for help for him helping with these jobs on such short notice yeah it's so fun
1: it's it's really good I mean, there's no denying that. And I'm excited for season two.
0: Yeah. So in terms of the episode breakdown, you can see from the titles we've got when he gets the operation and has to adopt Anya, the next real, he has to realize he needs to secure a wife, prepare for the interview. Will they get in friendship, making friends with the kids countering and all that stuff up my favorite i think episode was it um, where's the one where they actually have their celebration because i wasn't it, it was around episode five or six when they actually get into the school yeah it was pretty early yeah i think it's episode five where they get into the school and so they organize the celebration Uh, so they they get basically they rent disneyland on his spy expense account and this in in this world the disneyland is built around the character bond man you know james bond who's a secret agent and so they rent the theme park to allow anya to live out her dream of being in a bond man episode with lloyd as bond man frankie as the villain who's kidnapped her and they they recruit all the agents that are in um undercover work throughout what is effectively east germany and they pull them to act as the like the thugs and the henchmen and the henchmen for frankie's character who has kidnapped him for lloyd to try to like beat he's got to basically almost like kill bill he's got to work his way through these hundred henchmen to get to the level at the top of the castle and he does, and it's a really fun exciting thing, and he's doing this all for the entertainment of you know, his daughter after she successfully makes it into the super prestigious academy, which was the linchpin to his plan actually working.
1: Dude, I love the description they have for him on the fandom. Frankie is usually tasked with babysitting Anya whenever Lloyd and Yor are unavailable, and acts like a sort of fun uncle. He often serves as her partner in crime and goes along with her schemes, especially if it is at Lloyd's expense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and so the, it's a running gag that Lloyd is turning in his expense receipts to the agency. And they're just like shocked at how much money he's spending to try to keep up with that Frankie has managed to get him to spend for all these different things.
1: Yeah, but then her hand, his uh, his handler is always like, "Listen, it's for the, it's for the, it's for, for the sake of the world." <laughs> and they they end up paying it, so.
0: Yeah, and then they give him a lecture, like the you know the expense account is not unlimited. You can't just you can't just spend. Unlimited I don't think they found
1: the it. bottom of it yet. So.
0: <laughs> no, it's uh, it's funny. It's. <laughs> and it's again so that's yeah so the it's the first core is 12 episodes they're all available english dubbed they're really great we've kind of gone through what they do in those episodes now the the real star the the draw the person who made the memes that drove Mm -hmm. this into you know really twitter fame is is anya she's the she's the character that really i think got this to the next level what do you think i'd agree yeah because it's just an adorable character design they gave her hilarious mannerisms the the story conceit that she's a telepath and is able to read minds but makes such a mess of things when they try to you know when she tries to actually act on the things she's finding out by reading minds it's just it's it's funny. So, I and that's where I I think that she's the character that really makes this show go to the next level. I mean, Lloyd and Yor are also really good character designs, but I think Anya's is the one that was so perfect, and the character is just so right on for just a wholesome, fun family show. That it's that's what really makes it great.
1: Yeah, and I mean the art, the artwork on it is pretty, pretty on point, especially for, um, you know how how endearing the character is.
0: You know, I do think that, and this is something that comes up, and, and I just gushed about Anya, but I do think that if they didn't have top tier waifu candidate it does usually hold back animes from going that next level and even though it's she's not doing anything groundbreaking from character design standpoint your i think definitely qualifies into that top tier waifu echelon
1: oh i don't know in that scene where they were grocery shopping and those dudes tried to kidnap on that was pretty phenomenal
0: that's true she did like you know like you're not gonna i am the mother and you will not take my child
1: yeah she might uh she might have killed them if that was a different situation (laughs) i am curious to see um though because i i have to imagine the skills come into play later but like we we got a good groundwork kind of laid out in the first the first core there I'm curious to see how it escalates in the second core because like all the groundwork has been laid out. We're there. Now it needs to escalate and I, and I hope they pull it off. I hope it escalates well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think now you most of the first arc was getting Anya into the school and getting her established. She's got the relationships. Um, she's got her little best friend she's got her own tsundere boy uh who's i think which is a nice twist on the trope right there i think which is funny because this was um this is actually the younger son of the of the premier prime minister whoever that the twilight slash lloyd is trying to use anya to be able to build a relationship with and get access to and he she screwed like on the backup plan that lloyd was thinking about was anya making friends with this person so that they can try to even if they don't get the high level recognition through the stella's that they'll still be able to maybe execute the mission that way and on day one she like gets like punches this kid out in the face but it actually makes him love her because she's the only girl who stood up to him and and so he's acting like a like a tsundere i think oh yeah three.
1: he's he's very tsundere
0: so he's like constantly like putting her down and trying to do that but in secret it's because um he's actually in love with her already it's it's hilarious and he's got his little um his own like mini henchmen that travel with him it reminds me of, um, in Harry Potter, Draco Malfoy always had those two guys. Um, oh, where's Ashton right now to be able to tell me what their names were?
1: Yeah, I do hate the henchmen, though. The the the, the art style that was used to draw those two kids that follow him around, I, I hate it. I hate it. The one with the freaking oblong, egg-shaped head, and I'm just like, ugh. Oh
0: it reminds me a lot of was it mob psycho 100
1: yeah i didn't like the art style in that either i hear it's a great anime but i just if the art style is too out there i just can't get into it because it's i guess like there's a level of immersion that is lost because you're looking at shit that just doesn't equate in your head as being right does that make sense
0: yeah I think it's uh you know sometimes the character designs can be too out of whack it's, it's yeah, they're I think it, yeah I think it's a strain of the uncanny valley if it just looks now, if everybody was designed that way, you can sort of go with it because uh then it becomes the way the world is designed, but not every but most people are not designed that way, so that doesn't make it doesn't hold up it doesn't work. So I agree. I think, I think they're doing it to make it a more comedic tone, like clearly, but yeah. And, and I almost
1: think that there is, there is a goal there to separate out the school life into kind of its own little vignette within the series.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the school life definitely had takes on its own character from, from the other stuff. Because it, it starts shifting to a, I don't want to say standard, but a, something where people who've watched school like the animes that are school life anime, slice of lifes are gonna feel very comfortable with the setting and what's going on and enjoy it. Because we do have to remember that these things are based on mangas and that are selling in Japan primarily. They're meant for the Japanese audience. They sell really well across the world, but the creators for them are using domestic tropes, uh, for consumption. So it's going to have the normal Japanese school life dem- tropes, even though this is supposed to be set in a European nation in the cold war. I mean, you could, yeah, you... I mean,
1: one of the tropes would be, uh, Henry Henderson. The uh, the housemaster guy.
0: So, what is it he kept saying? So, um,
1: yeah, elegant.
0: So elegant. So
1: elegant. Yeah. And and <laughs> I loved when they they tried to trap Lloyd and Yor during the family interviews, where, where they made their, made his jacket muddy or whatever, and they're like. Oh, there's no elegance now he'll have to leave and go put on a new suit if he wishes to continue the interview and he just had an extra suit with him
0: no and they did it like it happened like three times and each time it was a more elegant state of dress yeah like it went from just they were wearing regular work level clothes which weren't elegant and then their change was really nice like business attire which made him look even more elegant uh, then, I think
1: in the last one, like he had a tailcoat and a top hat, or something. Yeah,
0: and then she switched to like an evening gown, and it was like, oh my gosh, so elegant. He was like, he was having food wars levels breakdowns at the elegance of it all.
1: Yeah the um, the admissions process was uh, a pretty good arc in and of itself in that first core as well because, um, it wasn't. Too absurd, and it, it did a good job of um, balancing comedy against seeing that family bond continue to grow. Because I don't think they realize it yet, but they're they're a family. They've become a family.
0: Yeah, I think, that, and and then even um, what's really, All right, so they're a they're a family, and Lloyd and your are both actually very attracted to one another but it's a japanese you know anime thing so they're going to try to keep them from ever even acknowledging their feelings but uh she has no you
1: gotta save that for the big the big reveal at the end it's the it's the classic will they won't they trope
0: uh, but what's great is like a lot of other anime tropes Yor has a brother who's very very close to his sister Emotionally
1: I mean your has a brother who's basically In the SS Like
0: Yeah he's head of the, the Stasi phase, You know like the secret police Yeah <laughs> And but he's also in like Clearly anime style Loves his sister Like really loves his sister Like If you watch enough anime you know exactly What I'm talking about
1: I mean, I don't think it's in, a, in too creepy a way, but he is definitely, uh, he, he is obsessed with her. Yeah, it's,
0: I guess it's not quite, um, there's some other animes that really.
1: There are some animes that push the boundaries of that way beyond what happened in this anime. Was, there was one, you one
0: the that, chat. you know, or even they put it in the title where it was like something with your little sister. And it was like, wow, they're just really putting that out there. Yeah, but it's I mean it's what they do. So yeah, so her her brother who is, who's the best agent in the Stasi level style secret police, who would be tasked and whose real core mission is to try to hunt down Twilight, who's the a you know the best agent the other people have, not knowing that it's Lloyd, is like coming over to dinner. And his job is to try to root out, you know, spies. And he so he's constantly got a reason to be in their business. So Lloyd is trying his best to really show that this isn't some kind of fake thing. And of course, just like her sister, he has issues with holding his alcohol very well. Which leads to some you know hilarity physical humor all the good stuff like this show was probably up there with Konosubo for actually making me laugh in in the episodes and part of that's because you know when you're doing comedy shows there's a lot of cultural things that go into comedy you know it's very common where comedians count on you having a shared cultural experience for their jokes to land and then there's physical comedy which is supposed to you know just be based on the physical part but this show was actually doing comedy on both fronts and making me laugh in a lot of ways the way Konosubo did, which is my gold standard for comedic anime in terms of actually making me laugh out loud.
1: I'll give you that. That that um that tracks with your with your uh Your anime preferences. I would say the gold standard for making me laugh out loud was probably Oran High School Host Club.
0: Yeah, that one, I guess, has a really solid reputation, too. But come on. Is there anything in Oran that's as good as when um, they keep calling Aqua useless and she gets eaten by a giant frog and her legs are, like, hanging out of there and she's crying about it?
1: Uh, There definitely is. Um not not to that extreme because it's a slice of life anime, so it's a little more grounded in uh in our own world. But when they um when they find out that Haruhi drinks commoner coffee and all the rich people are amazed that it's instant. They'd never seen anything like it. And then uh and then the main the main dude with the host club announces that he's going to drink the commoner coffee and all the other nobles clap for him because he's so brave. <laughs> like, there's a lot of uh, absurdity like that that it it definitely makes me laugh out loud.
0: Oh. Yeah, I could see that. I have to really get on watching that one. I think was that one of the ones you were going to have me watch?
1: Uh it's it's definitely it's definitely in it's in one of the chambers if if we were to uh you know, be playing Russian roulette with which which slice of life I was gonna make you watch next. The the I mean, problem is I've I've watched a lot of animes over the last few months, so um, yeah, I have a lot that I want to make you watch.
0: Look, I'm still a winner because I'm the one who got you to watch Overlord. And now you're really happy with that choice.
1: Dude, Overlord is one of the ones that, like, I'm not even binging it. I'm just every week jumping in. Like, I got to see the next episode. I got to see the next episode. (laughs) And seasons one and two were pretty good. Season three was freaking awesome. And season four is not disappointing. So, yeah, Overlord is, um, I mean, it might be my favorite isekai at this point.
0: Yeah, I like you
1: know. I mean, season two of Shield Hero kind of let me down.
0: I think season here season two of Shield Hero tried to speed run through some world building elements that were important for their later arcs, Um, and that didn't serve it very well. Because I mean, it's and. it's pretty in the shield hero community i guess the the spirit tortoise arc is not not considered a very well written or well regarded arc but the groundwork the spirit tortoise arc lays is so important for what happens later in shield hero you can't really skip it so they effectively did a mario speed run through that arc and it just went so fast that i think it, it all the things that people didn't like about the spirit tortoise arc that probably still wouldn't have liked when it was if it was done really well the you know as it was written were just exacerbated when you try to like truncate that down to get through it so fast and then by the time you're on the other world trying to get through that you know hunting down the person who had taken over the spirit tortoise even though it's it's so related to the spirit tortoise it's still kind of tainted by the speed run because the reason you're supposed to take that so personal was because of the death of the spirit tortoises familiar but that was so glossed over that you don't really i at least i didn't really feel like it really hit emotionally the way that they seemed to think it did
1: yeah nothing like like nothing really did because it just there wasn't enough time developing the characters for me to care you know like
0: which is one of the things that spy family does really well It every character even frankie who's a side character comes across so (laughs) three-dimensionally Like you get who Frankie is, even though he's only in a few scenes here and there. He seems like a real person would be in that role. Like these all, even though they're very heightened kind of personalities. With your being an assassin and Twilight being a spy, uh,
1: even with Henry, like, like he yeah he's goofy. He's always oh so elegant. But they give him those moments of character that like really make him stand out. Like when he when he, you know, just hauls off and decks that other guy
0: for because they give you enough to where you're putting together what his character is all about, which is he's wrapped up in the prestige of this school and, and how and the actual mission of it being a real thing, which is our school will prepare the next generation to lead our country and because our school takes so seriously its academic and you know obligations these people will be genuinely good leaders and be genuinely good for our country you can kind of get that feel like that's where all that pride and commitment is coming from when he talks about the importance of being elegant it it's those little things where it's not just some You know, cat. You know, cheeky line that he keeps going. You really feel the um the weight of why he's doing it and what he's all about.
1: Yeah, and 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 like you said, three dimensional characters. Um, I would say we didn't get a whole lot of uh, Lloyd's handler. I forget what her name is. It's uh. Looking it up here, Sylvia, Sylvia Sherwood, like we she don't was in a lot like I,
0: I think two scenes really.
1: Yeah, and and so like those characters are still a little two dimensional, but like I wouldn't be surprised if as the story progresses, even those ones, you know, kind of round out and become more three dimensional characters.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of room for her. I think I feel like her character is gonna have more more to do especially as the show goes on and this I'm sure the mission's going to evolve and all the and require more th- things from that I am looking forward to eventually I hope I don't know I'm I'm an anime only on this one which is you know sometimes uh, there's shows where i've oh really here
1: and, i thought you were gonna come into this and be like well you know in the mangas uh this and this and this have already happened and
0: no that that would be re-zero i'd be like all right by arc seven you know arc six <laughs> and, and or um, my hero academia is like once you get to the villain no <laughs> like, although i think my hero academia is actually wrapping up on the manga so that they can Finish hopefully strong with their anime.
1: Yeah, and and they really need to because I I have enjoyed a lot of My Hero Academia, but I fear that My Hero Academia will go the route of your, you know, Naruto or your Bleach or your you know, I think Inuyasha was another culprit. It's like, listen, okay, after a hundred or so episodes you you done run out of story and now you're just trying to squeeze blood from the stone
0: yeah that's why um i really loved uh, cobra kai came out this last you know the new season came out season five
1: yeah, yeah. on
0: netflix and it was fantastic uh, i really enjoyed it did you watch it yet yeah or, i finished it um and, and you can see that they're they're escalating each season and I think they've given themselves one more step they can rationally take. And then I think that's where the, where the show... I think And I think they are going to... I mean, I
1: to... feel like the show could have ended this season.
0: Well, I think part of that is because Netflix is notorious about not giving shows more than two seasons. Yeah. So one thing about um, Cobra Kai that people forget is that it was originally a YouTube Red show. Yeah, it was when... a
1: YouTube original
0: yeah and the even the third season which ended up premiering on netflix was made by youtube like youtube financed it so only season four and season five have actually been netflix paid for productions
1: all right well i think we've covered spy x family do you want to uh you want to discuss uh cobra kai as our free play topic
0: i think that's a that's a good let me let me find a nice. Because
1: uh... I will say this, this season was very good. I do have some problems with it.
0: Let me see. Um... Gotta find this here.
1: You're trying to find a good uh, a good picture to put up.
0: Yeah. uh let's see cobra kai oh there's a good one let me make sure it seems good enough yep let's do that all right there we go
1: well, that's not the season we watched was it
0: season five that's the newest one.
1: Oh, that was it, that was season five yeah okay i mean i lost track i eh. some seasons were better than others but i do think season five was uh, one of the better seasons
0: and you all right so you know why i think this one's season was even better his one name chosen chosen was hilarious I think he's actually slipped into more of a Mr. Miyagi role than even Daniel.
1: Oh, yeah, he did. He definitely did.
0: I love and I love the idea because I think Karate Kid 2 was awesome. I, I, I still go back and you can watch it and it's just good times. And I actually like Karate Kid 2 more than the first Karate Kid. Just because it seems like I, I don't know. It just it seems like a better story in the first movie the first movie had the normal like teenage arc this one had more with Mr. Miyagi going home to his village and having the you know his own drama and struggle Daniel and Kimiko Daniel and Chosen being rivals I I think I think Karate Kid 2 was actually the best of the first three movies Mm mhm although i will say obviously terry silver and this is probably the right call for and a lot of people agree terry silver was the best villain out of the first three movies because he was just like the like the most sleazy villainous guy i mean johnny was a a bull, a high school bully crease at the time you know in the first movie was bad but i mean you know. johnny was the good guy oh you're going to go with one of those arguments
1: I mean, here's the thing. I always thought that Danny LaRusso was the good guy. And then I heard the explanation and was like, no, no. Danny was a little asshole and Johnny was the good guy in this in this particular exchange. All right. Look, it's... You You keep that in mind. You keep that explanation in mind and go back I've... and watch the first one. And no, I've, me I've seen, I've, I've seen asshole, that like
0: everybody's seen that like multi-million view YouTube video about how Daniel was the real bully and getting in the way of Johnny's just trying to be a good guy for his I don't think Danny was
1: the real bully. I think Danny escalated. He escalated every time. And Johnny almost always was acting in response to something Danny did.
0: I mean, yeah. Maybe, but... (laughs) I still, you know, Johnny was a jerk.
1: You like rooting for the underdog, I get it. But I feel like Johnny's responses were always justified.
0: Yeah, like when he was just going to beat the crap out of him with his friends? (laughs) Just because he sprayed a little water on him? Come on.
1: I mean, this was after they had already had a couple of exchanges, so, you know, it it was time to send a message but that's beyond the point we're talking we're talking about cobra Kai. we're getting we're getting off track all
0: right so cobra kai season five um it's available on netflix you can binge it you don't have to wait for multiple episodes to be released fun times good stuff the this season was really good it has it so it picked up if you you know forgot for season four crease was sent to jail terry silver had taken over cobra kai uh tori who is the blonde cobra kai bad girl went uh won the female all valley competition and hawk um, who had now joined miyagi do miyagi fang whichever thing you want to call it is uh is the male champion but you find out that uh terry silver had Bribed the judge so that Tori would beat Daniel LaRusso's daughter. By the way, who is the worst and most annoying character in Cobra Kai is is her? Samantha Samantha? Sam LaRusso. <sighs> she is the root cause if you want to talk about i can't
1: say you're wrong
0: like every every terrible decision she's made throughout all of the seasons leads to all the bad things that happen
1: i mean samantha's probably the worst but she gets it honest because i i find amanda larusso to be an equally infuriating character
0: oh what's Uh, wrong with her she's actually pretty solid
1: she, Her getting all pissed off this season about, oh, Danny LaRusso's obsession and she just wants to be sipping Mai Tais next to the pool. And it's like, this is so out of character for you based on everything you've seen in the prior seasons.
0: No, it's not actually. Because remember, in all the prior seasons, she's constantly wanting them to stop with this karate obsession. You're just making things worse. Think about season four at the end. When she talks to Tori right before the final with her daughter, where she's like, Look, you can win, she can win, I'm gonna root for my daughter, but whatever. Can we just be done with this after this? Cause we should just be done with this.
1: Right. But the problem is her character makes so many heel turns on on that 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 per that philosophy of hers in this season. Like one minute she's like, stop it, just just stop. And the next minute she's like, do it. And then she's like oh, no, wait, Silva's, you know, not so bad, stop. And then she's like, yeah, we got to kick his ass. Let's call the cops. Like, she she can't make up her fucking mind in this season. So I find her equally infuriating in a lot of ways. But I think this season, I think a lot of the heel turns in the writing, up until this season, I just found her infuriating because I don't like her as a person. <laughs> so... Um,
0: oh, it's because like her- you think that uh, Daniel should have been with... Uh was it um literally was...
1: anybody but her like i the the actress playing her i don't necessarily have a problem with i don't know that woman i don't care but the kid she does an excellent job of portraying a a rich yuppie karen that i would not want to be around <laughs> um, yeah
0: and i think that is her character but samantha larusso is the like going back to season she, one she when her and her friends call. joy rode on the car
1: Yeah, she is the root cause of most of the problems. Uh, Tori doesn't help, but Tori is a lot better, I think, overall this season. Um, Kyler Park, that asshole, I hate him too. He's a terrible character. There are a lot of characters that either, you know, and and, I mean, Kyler is supposed to be a one-dimensional cardboard cutout character. There's a few of them. Moon, same kind of thing. She's just a useless character. Like, there's no depth to those particular characters. They exist only to, you know, be someone for one of the real characters to pretend to interact with in certain scenes. Um, I would say, yeah, you're right. Samantha LaRusso is the worst character. Um, To flip it, surprisingly, and I normally wouldn't say this, I think the best character this season might have been Robbie Keane.
0: It's chosen, hundred percent. It's chosen.
1: Uh, chosen's chosen's not bad. Chosen's up there. He's. I'll put him at top three. That's for sure. But, and, and I'm kind of taking the adults out of it and talking more about the kids. Okay. All
0: right. If we want to talk about the kids, I actually, from a performance standpoint, was it um, is it Kenny? His name. Who's the um?
1: Oh yeah, he he's the character I hated the most this season.
0: But he was meant like I feel like he was like supposed
1: he was, to. He the, the kid did a great job. Like
0: yeah, that. I think that's what I, I. and you could see. I think um, like I thought he was, his performance was really good, especially any time he was on screen with Robbie. Yeah. Just the um, because he had he was really palpably acting that sense of per- betrayal that he felt that yeah. Robbie had abandoned him. And given the backstory for the character you know where his father was in the military and was getting deployed all the time and his older brother was now moved into juvie because he had gotten into trouble you could definitely tell that they were going to try to put an undercurrent of abandonment into his life and 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 I think that's actually one of the things that you can see that I think Cobra Kai does really well is they're trying to show the destruction that can happen from parental abandonment because they're going if they they went back all the way to karate kid one and they showed you that the reason johnny was the way he was was because of parental abandon like his father had abandoned them then his mother ended up yeah, passing well, and, away.
1: And th- this is an interesting, an interesting thing. But like Johnny and Danny are are two sides of that same coin too, because Johnny is the the dad who just left, and Danny is the dad who he's there, but he's not really there. You know, he's so caught up in his own shit that he's really not doing a whole lot of parenting, which I think in, in the earlier seasons is is demonstrated best by Anthony LaRusso, who just. Is always in the computers doing his own thing, and yeah, Danny's there, but he's not—he's not getting engaged, you know. He's not doing anything with him. He's the him, him, and uh, I think Amanda both are just the detached parents—the ones who aren't really doing any parenting.
0: Which is interesting because I think you're right because when they go back, and you can see this in the way that the writers—I—I I, I, at least this is what I get from it. When they were showing how samantha had been around enough years where she had interactions with mr miyagi and daniel was still had mr miyagi at those times and she you the way she talks about how she grew up was very different than what happened once i think what they're clearly trying to show is that when mr miyagi died it kind of put daniel into a rudderless position again
1: yeah he it seems like he kind of just knuckled down focused on the dealership and wasn't doing a whole lot else like which is
0: why there's a difference between the like the early years Samantha versus because she had that core which is why she had karate and could do those things versus what she became which was a vapid teenager girl doing bad behavior which was season one and Anthony in the early seasons was the same way where he was just, You know a jerk about everything he would order he ordered like an uber guy to come and wax on wax off the cars like you know it's like it's hilarious but yeah I yeah.
1: i i would i would definitely like going all the way back to the beginning of your assertions though i i will agree with you that samantha is probably the i don't think there was any character development with her to be honest
0: Like they tried to show
1: her character developing a couple of times, but she always regressed.
0: I think Tori definitely had more character development than Samantha did.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Tori was, I I didn't hate her by the end of it. I, I thought, you know, okay. She's, she's, she's learned, she's grown. But Samantha, it's like, you're the same person. Like, and, and it's really demonstrated when Tori tells her the big secret about the match, you know? And what does she do? She immediately just starts trying to fight again. It's like, Sam, how many of these fights are you gonna be the one that, that starts it? But thank goodness, Robbie and Miguel grew up a little because what did they do after that? They both looked at each other and they were like, do you have any idea what the hell's going on? No, man, I didn't know anything.
0: Well, I love the um, the way Johnny didn't solve the problem in a very Johnny way, which is like, you know what? We just need to fight it out. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, get it out of your shit. I mean, I I mean, you're my age. Isn't that how we handled our shit out on the uh, on the school? Like
0: occasionally, yeah. I
1: don't think like, we ever had giant karate battles that destroyed half the school and and broke kids' backs or anything, but yeah, like two two You know, two kids had a problem in the playground. They had a quick fist fight. And that was the end of it. Usually they were playing together again the next day.
0: I do like how um, Johnny's solution was to let them fight. And then he got really worried because they moved to the upper level and they were fighting around a railing again. And you could just see that it was like, oh, crap. One of these kids is going over the the rail. I need to get up there and actually stop it now. (laughs) It's like which is and it's nice because i think both Robbie and Miguel both had issues with each other stemming from both of their relationships with Johnny and their jealousy of him which is is like what i like about one of the core themes that i think Cobra Kai really hits home that a lot of shows don't and it's going to seem you know kind of funny to, you know but i think most people who watch it see is fathers and father figures right karate kid has always been going back to the first movie about a kid who needed a father to help him grow and be successful daniel moved with his single mother all the way out to cal into the valley from new jersey he had again was rudderless and he got mr miyagi who ended up becoming his father figure and as you can see through Cobra Kai, the most influential person in his life for his entire life to the point where he's still just like beholden to the lessons he learned to this day. Johnny didn't have a father, made the same mistakes, and his growth arc, which I think really came to fruition in season five, was recognizing I was a bad dad. I need to make up for that with my both my kids, in this case robbie who's his actual son and miguel who i think will effectively become his stepson but was his adopted son the way mr miyagi had adopted daniel in that mentor role and needed to bridge and fix the relationships he had with both of them as a father figure john crease had i mean his you know the arc they're giving him is how his weakness is johnny because crease views him as a son and the rejection of Crease by Johnny hurts him to his core. It, there's a lot of just variations on the themes of absentee fathers and the damage it does. I mean, uh, Tori's character clearly is in a fatherless home with a sick mother. There, every character who's kind of has these problems, you can see that they, and it's and sometimes people might think that it's kind of silly for the writers to keep falling back on that. But I love that because that's been the theme of Karate Kid since day one, when the first movie came out.
1: Agree. Agree. Um, now we've done a lot of gushing and I agree that it's a, it's a pretty, pretty kick-ass season, but there are some flaws, some, some problems I have with it. Uh, so I'd like, to, I'd like to start with those. Oh yeah, there's a
0: lot of things that won't hold up to scrutiny. Like, for instance, why is Terry Silver getting arrested in the last episode? I still don't know.
1: I, I would assume because he... Um...
0: They do a throwaway line about how since Stingray changed his story that they would be arresting Terry Silver. And I was like, but if Stingray had basically admitted to perjury it's not something you can immediately arrest the guy for because he becomes yeah. well, a and the witness.
1: he made that he made that testimony under duress yeah it's like i don't i don't know if duress applies in this situation but exactly. that's uh that's but on that one i can kind of suspend my disbelief i i have some actual issues with the writing itself um that that i felt like there were things that were wrong in this season one the whole reason to keep tori nichols in cobra kai when she she didn't want to be in cobra kai was john Kreese. john Kreese was the character they didn't know what to do with this season like they they really i don't think they knew what to do with him and his arc was fucking stupid and ridiculous and the i think the only reason they even put the arc in there was so that they could use him as the macguffin to keep tori in cobra kai when tori had no reason to continue to be in Cobra Kai. Um, <clears throat> that whole dynamic was a mess. the 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 thing at the end with Crease, you know, doing the big breakout or whatever. That was stupid. It was it was it was sloppy. It was a it was messy. It didn't make sense. Um. And then, and this is probably my biggest issue with it, even though. Story-wise, I guess it's a little less of an issue. But the the female martial artist from Korea that Silver hired was that basically was... a fucking Bond villain. Like, she didn't fit in the world at all.
0: Yeah, I actually... And more than once was... Because I was watching it with my wife. It was like... The... She went to the villain school of dictation because her tone and the way she delivered every single line.
1: Yes. No, Mister Lawrence, I expect you to die.
0: Yeah, it was like a Bond villain. It was, yeah, that's it's a little silly.
1: And her and all her like her her lackeys that got brought in. I'm like,
0: including is, the one wearing I an eye patch. They
1: are trying to make this did, bigger did, and more. Did you more...
0: appreciate the guy in the eye patch? Because I, I was like, really? They even have a guy in an eye patch.
1: They even had a guy in an eye patch. It it was. It was absurd. It was absurd and it didn't fit like it. It was so jarring to bring them in and, and it didn't that, that'd be my biggest issue. Like I get that you're trying to make Terry silver more of a threat, more um, imposing. He's the bigger problem. He's, he's, you know, bigger and more dangerous than any of the previous villains that had to be dealt with from season to season. But like you went full retard, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: I I didn't I didn't like that. Um, I mean, the fights were good. the 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 martial arts, the choreography, all that was cool. I even kind of liked this little side arc at the end where they they brought in uh, Stingray for one last hurrah, which was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, because like I'm not willing to beat up kids. Hold on, I can do this.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Like I'm an adult who's willing to beat up kids. Let me go ahead and do this.
1: Yeah. But like, yeah, I would say my biggest issue was I felt the crease arc that they did this season was was extremely weak, not well written, not well thought out, didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um the the Tory thing, um, it it worked because of the crease arc, but still like didn't seem all that convincing to me, I guess. And then, like I said, I I guess the character's name is Kim dae And
0: Yeah, she's supposed to be the daughter of the master that they went and trained under in Korea.
1: Yeah, I I don't know if it's necessarily her fault or the, the direction that she received, but worst actor on the set.
0: I think they were going for a kind of a old like Japanese samurai movie villain vibe.
1: Yeah, it was terrible. It didn't it didn't fit with the rest of the what was going on. And then the only other and this is a minor complaint I have, the only other issue I have is usually whenever one of the the kids just is doing truly horrible things, they get a bit of a comeuppance. And I don't feel like Kenny ever got his comeuppance.
0: Because, Yeah, Kenny, Kenny went way too far in terms of his revenge. He became the bully. I think that there's hopefully going to be a redemption arc. The question is for next season, right? If they do, you know, because they still haven't announced season six. But assuming they do season six, it looks like the storyline is going to be the world tournament where magically these two dojos will be the ones in the finals of the world tournament.
1: Well, the scariest part of that is if that is the direction it goes, it's probably going to be Kim as the main big bad because well, Silver's risen in prison now. So doesn't she take over the whole dojo?
0: She would, but here's the thing. If you remember the flashbacks that they did when to, when they were silver and crease were training, at um, Kim's father's, you know, yeah. uh, place, Crease and her seem to have a warm relationship with her as a child. Remember, oh, so when- you
1: think Crease is going to come back and be the big bad again?
0: I think Crease is going to work with her. And we'll I hope be-
1: not. Uh, this is the other thing that annoyed me about the Crease arc. They set him up for redemption at the end of season four, and then they just. I don't know. Scrapped it. They just scrapped it or something.
0: No, I think the redemption arc is going to be Crease doing some kind of sacrifice for Johnny, and dying. Maybe. In fact, I think it's going to be saving him from Silver, because I think Silver will get out.
1: You think Silver is going to get off on uh, some sort of a?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I think that clearly, honestly, look, let's logistically let's look at the charges they're going to level against him. They're going to say that he was the one responsible for assaulting Stingray, which yeah. Stingray has now changed his story under oath that he gave testimony. Yeah, he's not a reliable witness. And then there's no physical evidence of it because he wiped the recording of it. We, just, we know that from when they went into the Cobra Kai office and hacked the videos. Yeah. So there's not really... Like, his lawyers will be able to... Because remember, he's a, a millionaire, possibly billionaire. Yeah. His lawyers will eviscerate that, and they're not going to... Remember, Kreese couldn't get a lawyer, so he was complaining about, like, if he had a lawyer, he would have been fine. So Silver gets out of that one. What's the, What other charges... Like, here's the other thing that happened that night. Mike Barnes, Daniel LaRusso, and Johnny Lawrence broke into his house with the intent of assaulting him
1: well mike barnes and johnny lawrence did
0: yeah that's right daniel wasn't there and chosen and chosen and chosen and chosen who got slashed in the back with the katana so you know i would say that you know what he will have is video of them breaking in and trying to beat him up and then he'll cut off all the rest of it Because he can so i think terry silver is out but he's still but he's the issue is going to be he's not you know the people of cobra kai the students don't want to listen to him anymore
1: well and the fact that he was um paying off a ref has come to light
0: which i don't know is that really something that would like how do you prosecute that
1: i don't know that that can be criminally prosecuted but it may very well cost him his uh ability to compete in the tournament
0: yeah It'll cost silver, right? They'll, and silver's now gonna be a man with nothing to lose. I think I heard some uh, internet theories that silver that if you remember, all season five, he's been talking about legacy, legacy, legacy. Mm-hmm. That silver is perhaps terminally ill. Because remember, he was at the hospital when Johnny was there with his uh, girlfriend
1: yeah and, and they had no idea why they figured he was probably selling uh illegal black market organs or yeah
0: something. but the i think if you fa- if you put in that he was at the hospital the constant i mean literally constant talk with everybody he was running into about how cobra kai was going to be his legacy that Do you think that he's would, got
1: some kind of cancer or something i think
0: he's got something that's killing him so he's now a man with nothing to lose at all yeah and so but I if see the cocaine
1: wasn't bad enough. Put yeah. death on the table.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I see um, I see the redemption arc for Crease being he ends up saving Johnny from silver, making the sacrifice play, dying as a result. Maybe like, you know, that quick silver move right to the chest. You know, maybe Crease takes it and ends up like effing him up, killing him.
1: I could see that. I could see that.
0: And then he... Although in
1: reality, that... That's very unlikely to kill you.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, he talked about it as being a move to just knock the wind out of you.
1: Well, that's exactly what it is. It's a punch to the... Just below the sternum. Yep. I mean, that that will knock the fucking wind out of you. But as far as, like, extra damage... No, it's just going to take you a minute or two to catch your breath.
0: Yeah um bear in mind this is guy who's like able to probably break stone the way tori did
1: well the other oh this is something i told my daughter too i was like do you see the way he's 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 you know stancing up for that see how he's crossing his arms like that never do that in a fight ever (laughs) (laughs) you're never supposed to cross your arms like that because what happens if you cross your arms well someone else can now attack you and control both your arms with one of theirs like you never cross your arms.
0: That I haven't been in enough like if uh, you, professional fights. If, if you fights watch professional
1: to... boxers even fighting, right, and they and they block up, they turtle up to block those those shots. You'll notice they never cross their arms to do it. You just you just never cross
0: your arms. Yeah, it makes sense to me. But, I mean, uh, I
1: get that they were trying to make it look really cool and be like, "Oh, look!" and, and telegraph the move so we knew what was gonna happen and everything. But I'm like, "No, nope, nope, you don't do that. You never do that."
0: <laughs> no, I agree. So that's my thought. Is didn't work. I mean, I, I you're right because I don't see that there's much more. For Kreese's character, the, what they're showing is that Kreese has two two people he views as his legacy, as his parenting role, and that's Johnny and Tori. Those are the two he's gonna wanna take care of, and he's not gonna care about anybody else. Yeah, I think that they'll probably have a storyline where Kumiko comes back with you know for Chosen, and they get together. Which would be an interesting full circle arc for that story.
1: Yeah, well, because she'll get the uh, the voicemail and then she's going to show up. She's going to, she's like, because he, he wished he'd have taken her with him, right? Isn't that what yep. he said?
0: Yep. So she's going to
1: come out there for him.
0: And she's going to see that he's injured and then they'll have their conversation where he admits that he's loved her their whole lives. And yeah. she'll, she'll appreciate the man he's become because remember, she's the one who brought chosen back to see Daniel in season three.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I thought was, that was some of the best episodes of Cobra Kai was season three when he was in Okinawa. Cause just for tying back. I loved that. They got the actual little girl actress who was the girl up in the tower that he rescued in Karate Kid two. And they brought her back and it was her grown up. It was the same actress.
1: Yeah. I, I think they did a lot right with that.
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm terribly, terribly biased because Karate Kid Two was the best one in my opinion. I think Karate Kid Three was good, but Mike Barnes was a little bit of a cookie cutter like villain. Like it kind of Johnny at least had more motivation for why he was gonna do it. Like because as you said, they had personal beef. Whereas Mike Barnes being the bad boy of karate and at 17 being offered, like, half of a dojo chain seemed kind of a weird vibe.
1: He was a lot more fun in this season.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Mike Barnes, like, I actually really, I did like him in the, I liked how when they were all drunk in the party van, Mike Barnes, Johnny Lawrence, and Chosen were all like, yeah, let's go kick somebody's butt. And Daniel's like, whoa, because it's all the bad guys, their first instinct to like, yeah, let's go attack.
1: Yeah, let's go <laughs> kick his ass.
0: Let's go. And Daniel's like, no, 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 no. That's probably a bad idea to break into his house and do this.
1: No, he's like, guys, this is stupid. And Chosen's like, yes, it is stupid. And that is why he will never expect it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Chosen, he's like, I will be gasoline on this. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> I also like when he's like, is that a Rembrandt in the last episode for Mike Barnes? He's like, yeah, I figure it's worth at least as much as my furniture store. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool. You know, grand yeah, theft.
1: if they can peg that to Terry Silver, because they never really did say what happened there. They left that one really uh, vague.
0: Yeah, clearly it was. Terry Silver.
1: I mean it, it seems like it yeah but we never got any uh, confirmation of anything
0: maybe it'll be the bad
1: if it was bad writing or if that was just because so the only
0: care. now that brings him on the only question is going to be are they going to are the writers going to be somehow able to work in the next Karate Kid into the final season of Cobra Kai and have like Hillary Swank show up
1: i don't know if i care
0: yeah because i did think it was funny when um la russo's wife's cousin turned out to be um blake lively's sister the one who was the girl from karate kid three yeah yeah which actually is like that makes perfect sense because now they they made it organic for how he met his wife and that worked and I did like when she's, when they were at the bar and she was like, he's got this problem with this guy, Terry Silver. And she's like, whoa, did you say it was Terry Silver? <laughs> like, that guy was crazy. Let me tell you about what Terry Silver did to, to Daniel. Like, I was like, finally, someone who was there can acknowledge that.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I will say my favorite character is still Eli Moskowitz. Hulk. Yeah. Like, he's, honestly, I think he's one of the most, um what's what's the word consistent characters in the story um whose growth arc has followed the most natural progression he had like his own hero's journey throughout the story and you know the fact that he won the the tournament was pretty awesome i i like this season's really good and i've been enjoying the entire series but like I was straight cheering when Eli won the tournament. Like, and it was probably the only one I gave a shit if he won or not.
0: Yeah, I did like when, when Hawk actually did that. I think I like the interactions between him and um, who's this? What's this? Dimitri? Dimitri. Yeah, his, you know, his friend like the Dimitri's like hey we're st-, he's like we're still nerds, right? but even Dimitri is leveled up and can like take on the guys.
1: Oh yeah, when they when they faced off against Kyler and he's like he's like it's just Kyler. I'll kick his ass. And Dimitri's like well, I've never kicked his ass and he's like you'll get your chance. Everybody does. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> cuz Kyler's the only guy who's not actually leveling up.
1: Yeah, because he, he hasn't changed at all.
0: Which is, I think, a really, which is nice. It shows that like you're, the people who remain static are the ones who become left behind.
1: Yep, yep. Definitely, definitely give it a thumbs up. I think it's 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 worth a watch. Um, as I said, there are the things I have the complaints about, but all in all, uh, the season still holds.
0: It does, and. Because it's also just still much, so much better. Even like a weak Cobra Kai season is better than most other television.
1: 90% of the shit that they're shoveling onto the pile these days?
0: Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Which is why I'm glad to be able to talk about it. Because it's just fun to talk about things you like. And that's what I think we're going to talk. do a little more. Yeah, yeah. See, we didn't even bring up She-Hulk once or any of that. Oh oops it's terrible but go watch cobra kai instead
1: i i here's the thing right like i would love to try and talk about she hulk or um 900 of the other things that have shown up on disney plus but i don't have disney plus and i don't care to get it
0: no i think like, you're right. none of
1: those shows are, are really like i haven't heard good things about any of them and We'd have to start a separate channel if I were to start offering, like, critical reviews of shitty shows. Because, <laughs> like, and you you know this. Even things that I really like, I'll usually have several complaints about things that I thought were poorly executed. Imagine now if I had to watch something I really didn't like. Exactly. We we'd be getting baller level like, on how um, much shit I'd have to point
0: out. We we already do the long man content. We're already those guys. We're at an hour and a half almost, which we're wrapping up, but we're almost there. So which is Dude, good. An I hour like that and content. a half is
1: a sampling for those guys. That's true. I think they just just the other day they did nine hours talking about episodes three and four of uh, Rings of Power.
0: That nine show is, hours that show is trash too so it doesn't matter
1: yeah yeah i i mean i haven't watched it i've just uh caught clips here and there and got the synopsis of each of the the episodes and i'm just like this is hot garbage <laughs>
0: all right well i think we covered a lot of good ground it was another fun episode of the ascendant art podcast which at the for the time being is under new management with myself and joey over there yeah
1: and and we may we may mess a little with the format we're gonna see what works we're gonna try like like there may not be a whole lot of consistency from one week to the next while we figure everything out
0: the consistent thing is going to be that we're just trying to be a fun place to hang out and chat about whatever yeah Everybody's welcome. We're a fun place for whoever wants to talk. We're probably going to still try to have guests on. It'll just be a little bit more of a looser format. I've talked a lot about it uh, in some of our episodes with comedians and people into in comedy that I loved opening Anthony's uh, show way back when because it was just a fun hang. And that's what Joe Rogan kind of modeled his podcast on. And that's what I've always kind of enjoyed content wise. So it's kind of what I want to make. And I think Joey's in the same kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Fun hangout for whoever wants to. If we want to come in, we'll just let them talk. We'll ask questions. And it'll just be good times. So thanks for coming and watching the show. Hopefully, um, if you're catching this on the replay, you'll give a thumbs up. You'll share it. Because, like, subscribe, hit them, you know, smash that like button, all those good things YouTubers say.
1: Just just go through the normal list of things that we're going to ask you to do that you're probably not going to do until we've asked you to do it about 15, 30, 400 times. If we we could just skip ahead to the part where you're a subscriber, it'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. And if you listen on other podcast formats, like, subscribe on those. Uh, We're going to try to put audio podcast versions out as well. And hopefully everybody can just have a good time and enjoy our show going forward. But uh, thanks for coming out and listening.
1: Okay, bye.
0: Bye.